Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 1st, 2008. And we're going through right now, we're talking about dominionism, reconstructionism, theonomy, and these types of things. And we've talking about three sects of evangelical dominionism. The first one we talked about was spiritual warfare prayer movement. And then the next one we're going to be talking about is mission as transformation movement. The word revival, reformation, and transformation now carry embedded dominionist connotations. Fulfilling the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18-20, no longer means spreading the gospel message by speaking the word of salvation from the Bible. The dominionist focus is placed upon the phrase, making disciples, with an incorrect exegesis that is disconcertingly compulsory. Traditional mission evangelism done one-on-one using the Bible is being replaced with a slew of kingdom-building corporate activities for cities, regions, and nations. This disingenuous phrase, bless the nations, is often used to conceal dominionism. Dr. Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ International, (laughs) we could do a whole study on Bill, and the founder of the U.S. World for Mission and editor of the Perspectives on the World Christian Movement Curriculum, which has taught dominionism to an entire generation of missionaries, have been among the chief architects of this particular movement. Um, Dominionism, this next quote is under Dominionism supplants biblical evangelism. This is a quote from Dale Neal, president of ICCC. Quote, the church must grow past the gospel of salvation message. (laughs) Oh man, the church must grow past the gospel of salvation message. Whoa, this is dangerous. And understand that it is the only when we begin to implement the principles of the gospel of the kingdom that we will really begin to see change in the lives and the cities and the nations. The church has no understanding of this realm. The church must grow up. No, Dale, you need to get saved. That's what needs to happen. Because if you believe this, if you believe that the church must grow past the gospel of salvation, how could you yourself be saved? This is another gospel. And the Bible says that you are accursed when you come with another gospel. So, that's... This is... I'm telling you, this is really... This is going to damn a lot of people to hell. This particular movement. And really... It's not just a matter of these people being a little bit deceived. I'm talking about they're on their way to hell. Most of them. How could you really believe this? If you believe this, you believe you're saved through works. Was really what it boils down to. Here's another quote from Discipling, Disciple the Nations. Um, God's concern goes beyond salvation of individual people. Oh, it does. It goes beyond the salvation of individual people. His redemptive plan encompasses the healing and transformation of entire nations. Show me that in the Bible, please. I really want to see that. I could have swore the Bible said, Narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Most likely, the nations are going to go thereat. The broad way. Few there be that find it. If nations were meant to be saved in this particular day and time we're living in, why aren't they getting saved corporately as na- 
well, it's not in the Bible anywhere. It, the Bible didn't say it was going to ever be that way. Hey, it'd be great if it was in this particular day and time. But the Bible predicts the very opposite trend, particularly in the day and time we're living. As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, and also as it was in the days of Noah. Lot and Noah. Well, if you combine the two, the two most wicked times ever on the face that humanity's ever known, and Jesus said that's the way it was going to be prior to His return. Yet these dominionists think it's just going to get gooder and gooder and gooder. Pardon my French. And they're just going to bring in the kingdom because it's going to be so wonderful. It's absolutely against the Bible. Nations are disciplined as the church... This is going back to this quote. Nations are disciplined as the church makes the invisible kingdom visible by faithful obedience to God's word throughout the culture in every area of life and realm of society, including the family, community, the arts, the arts, the sciences, media, law, government, schools, or business. Again, this is all extra-biblical nonsense. Again, have you seen the boatload of scriptures I've quoted to support their... This is their opinion. This is their extra-biblical, unbiblical opinion, is what we're getting. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And in this case, the ways of death and hell. Now, what's the third part of this uh, uh, movement? Well, the third part's the American Patriot Movement. Patriot patriotic dominionists, most of whom are not reconstructionists, teach and again, there's different flavors of this. As you can see it's not like everybody's all on the same page. The only time they're ever going to really get on the same page is when the Antichrist comes and gets them all on the same page. Then the walls are really going to come down. But see, right now we're in the little leaveneth, leaveneth the whole lump stage and, and the leaven's permeating and more of them are coming on board and more of them are tearing down ideological differences and things of this nature. The patriotic dominionists, most of whom are not Reconstructionists, teach that political action will advance the kingdom of God in America. Using the vehicle of Christian media, and again, the Christian media is totally corrupt, and so much of it is totally unbiblical. We talked about that earlier. Things like Sky Angel and TBN and... Uh, they, are, they have taught evangelicals for the past three decades that America is a Christian nation and needs to return to its roots. Well, I could debate that as well. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit trail today. But almost every evangelical in the pew has been influenced in one way or another by this sect. Patriotic dominionist leaders and their organizations have been closely interlocked financially and politically with the conservatives from the political right. Oh, and now we get all the George Bush uh, conservative Christians who think he can do no wrong. And the man is absolutely evil and satanic to the core. And you have to basically be about blind not to see it. I'm sorry. And if you have any doubt, go to cuttingedge.org and go on the, on the left side of their website and go scroll down and you'll see an article entitled The Fruits of Bush. And just look at his fruits. 
Because by their fruits ye shall know them. If he's really a Christian, let's look at his real fruits. And let's see if he's really a Christian. You've been duped if you believe that. So if we go further... The secular conservatives purport to uphold morality, which appeals to evangelicals. Whereas the Bible says, Wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But the dominionists don't really care about that. They'll yoke, they'll yoke themselves up with unbelievers if, if it suits their agenda. If, if they can advance their agenda, they'll yoke themselves up with people that don't believe the way they do. They'll yoke themselves up with unbelievers because it all is ultimately working for them to take dominion and at some point they're going to overtake them so they figure, well, we'll just use them for now, for what we can use them, eventually they're going to have to either convert or die. Because seriously, the, the, the hardcore dominionists at the top, they believe that. You know, it's going to get, in their eyes, very, very bloody. <clears throat> and we've touched on that earlier, we'll touch on that more. So, the combined force of conservatives and evangelicals flexes its political muscles in Washington. One of the most powerful leaders is Dr. James Dobson, a focus on the family. Patriotic dominionism was widely disseminated through the activities of Jay Grimstad, founder of the Coalition on Revival. From its early inception, this Coalition on Revival managed to successfully bring together key leaders from all three dominionist sects. including Reconstructionists to promote the most ruthless doctrines of Dominionism. So if we go further, let's look at this a little bit, break this down a little bit more. The three-legged stool of Dominionism looks like this. We have the first leg being the corporation, or the corporate plus the state. Which, if you combine that, what that actually equals is fascism at its logical ending point. Then we have the state plus the church, which is faith-based. We have all these faith-based initiatives. See, all of this stuff is unbiblical. Not only is the 501c3 church unbiblical, because you've yoked yourself up with not only the government, but the internal revenue service. And the Bible says to be not an equally yoked together of unbelievers. <coughs> all the licensing and all of this other stuff that goes along with it, when you do that, when, you, when you're a 501c3 entity, you have to go to the state, to the Internal Revenue, to get your right to exist. And you are a corporation. 501c3 corporate entity. With the pastor designated as the CEO and the board of directors are the deacons. And that's how they set it up. And if you don't do it in your church bylaws, they'll set it up for you. If you ever come into question by the government, they'll do it for you. Ask, ask Dr. Dixon. <clears throat> what happened to him? So then we have the other then we have the other leg of this dominionist stool, which is the church plus the corp corporate, which is a fusion and is the future merchant church. They're, they're, that's their interpretation of this. I, I think they, they make some good points here. So, this is Drucker's three-legged stool motto, model. Peter F. Drucker Foundation for Non-Profit non, non Management. I mean, that sounds biblical. The Peter F. Drucker Foundation for Non-Profit Management. <laughs> sounds, sounds real Christian. You know, I just remember Jesus all throughout the New Testament and the apostles and the martyrs telling us, yoke yourself up with the government, yoke yourself up with the state. 
do whatever it takes in order to spread the gospel. Just yoke yourself up everything, incorporate, you know, do all this. No, the Bible says the exact opposite. Totally the exact opposite. But Peter F. Drucker has a different idea. This uh, Foundation for Nonprofit Management created 10 years ago to honor Peter Drucker's contributions to management and leadership believes that a healthy society requires three vital sectors. Again, as, as I'm reading these quotes, just try to do your mental Rolodex of the Bible and see how this lines up. A public sector of effective governments, uh, these are the three vital sectors, a public sector of effective governments, a private sector of effective businesses, and a social sector of effective community organizations, including faith-based organizations. It sounds so biblical. Oh my word, this is unbelievable. It furthers its mission to lead social sector organizations toward excellence in performance by providing educational opportunities and resources. Sounds like I've just read some kind of business manifesto. That's from the Leadership Network. The quote. Now, there's also the phenomenon of Rick Warren. Rick Warren has single-handedly accomplished more to bring about public convergence between the three sects of dominionism that we just mentioned than any other individual at all. Well, he should. He's a, he's a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. I mean, number one, that's well known. He's a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. He's got, at, at his Saddleback Church, Rupert Murdoch is a member. Rupert Murdoch is the most powerful and probably evil media mogul around. He owns more, I believe, than, than Ted Turner even does at this point. He's one of the most evil men on the planet. One of the primary things that he does is distribute pornography. He's in his church. And Peter, uh, Rick Warren received his doctorate from Fuller Theological Seminary. I mean, they're right down the line. Right, Doug? Under the tutelage of his advisor, C. Peter Wagner. Did you know that? Rick Warren, his advisor was C. Peter Wagner, and this is the guy we were just talking about, and all the hyper-charismatic uh, dominionism stuff. C. Peter Wagner, of spiritual warfare dominionist, dubbed America's pastor by the media. Well, sure he's going to be dubbed that by the media when Rupert Murdoch's controlling most of it. He is now embarking on an aggressive campaign to set up the model of Peter Drucker's healthy society in Rwanda. Ostensibly under the banner of missionary and charitable endeavors, Warren has launched a grandiose plan to transform Africa, to cure AIDS, to end poverty, and lastly to fulfill the Great Commission. Warren transcends evangelicalism. He easily moves in internationalist circles uh, and aligns himself with rock stars like Bono. Warren has audaciously called for the Second Reformation based upon his global P-E-A-C-E -E, peace plan we've talked about this before in other teachings which is a study in dominionism now it all looks and sounds on the outside if you, especially if you were unsaved looking at this oh it sounds nice you know they're going to end AIDS they're going to end poverty they're going to bring fresh water they're going to give them their vaccinations and all these other things of course if you listen to my other teachings you know how I feel about vaccination um, but they're going to do all these things, and they're going to do it, you know, they're going to try to Christianize it, if, you know, as much as possible. And for the undiscerning, they'll think it's, it's great. But it's part of this dominionist agenda. 
leftists who fret over Warren's foray into the AIDS uh, into AIDS may miss the more serious demeaningist ramifications of his global overall plan. Warren intends to amass the world's largest volunteer army of one billion quote foot soldiers to implement the global PEACE plan, peace plan. Because this global peace peace plan plans to make disciples. In addition to its message of compassion, the Saddleback AIDS Church AIDS program and AIDS I mean AIDS like um, HIV AIDS. When I say that, this conference sought to impart several other points emerging from Warren's global peace plan, based on the Great Commission to make disciples and the Great Commandments to love God and to love our neighbors. The plan is Warren's approach to attack what he calls the five global giants: spiritual emptiness, egocentric leadership extreme poverty, pandemic diseases, and illiteracy and poor education. By planning churches, equipping servant leaders, assisting the poor, caring for the sick, and educating the next generation. Involvement in the AIDS crisis urged at Saddleback's conference... Okay, that's where that quote ends. Okay, so then the next thing we're going to look at is marketplace ministries. Corporate businesses, ventures, are cloaking themselves in missionary garb to enter in, to enter a nation and effect change. So corporate businesses are cloaking themselves now in missionary garb, meaning missionary garments, in order to enter into a nation and effect changes. Creating an outpost for new corporate markets in undeveloped third world countries, particularly those rich in natural resources. Oh, what would that imply? That they want their natural resources. And they're going to come as real nice guys, though. This is being done in the name of kingdom building. In order to establish a spiritual aura for these activities, a high-tech global day of prayer was established in May 2005 by the spiritual warfare sect working together with Rick Warren. See, Rick Warren tr- is transcending everything. He's transcending, you know, everybody can come on his page. This annual event is designed to promote the Dominionist agenda worldwide. Corporate marketplace ministry expansion is being done with the claims of sustainable development. Now that's again, that's the United Nations buzzword. Sustainable development is a nice way of saying that the world cannot sustain the current population because there's too many peoples here. So what we're going to have to do, according to the Georgia Guidestones, is get the world population down, which the Georgia Guidestones gives us the Ten Commandments of the New World Order. The first commandment is to get the world population to 500 million, which would be about a 95 to 90% reduction in current world population. Now that's pretty draconian, but hold on. That's exactly what the word sustainable means, and this is exactly what the dominionist worldwide is going to seek to do. See, that's how evil this is. It really is this bad. People could be listening to this saying, no, it can't be this bad. Did I, didn't I just say that Jesus said, when, when prior to the coming of the Son of Man, it's going to be as the days of Lot? What was that going on there? Well, it's a little thing called Sodom and Gomorrah, where the gays and the homosexuals. Well, what is that, in essence, of wickedness? And the days of Noah, what was going on there? Wickedness, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, took them of wives they chose. And then those days were giants, men of old, men of renown, the fallen ones. 
the two most wicked times that are ever recorded in the Bible, Jesus said it was going to be like that prior to his coming. And we should be surprised about any of this or aghast. No, this can't be happening in the church. I couldn't be this deceived. Yes, you can be. Take heed lest you fall. Pride goeth before fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. If you think you're above being deceived, you already are. What, you think you're so good and hot shot, Mr. Scott? No, I don't. I get this accusation all the time. I'm full of hate. Or No, I shouldn't say that. Because 95% of what I get as comments are all positive. But I do get like this. I've gotten several from the Todd Bentley um, clan. Judge not lest she be judged and all these, you know. And I, you know what I do? I just come back with them with scripture. I just give them boatloads of Bible verses. What do you do with these verses? I really want to know what you do with them. Because these are verses they refuse to look at. All it really does is fire me up more. It does do nothing to frustrate me. Nothing. It just fires me up more. Well, the Bible says we're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints and to have no fruitful... Uh, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather to reprove them. That's what we're doing today. Acting as a watchman, that's all. Not saying I'm better or whatever. I was deceived at one time, very much so. I was in the hyper-charismatic Pentecostal movement. Now this was... This goes back to probably 97. This was a little over 10 years ago. And the Lord... Through really through showing me what the true word of God was, my eyes became open and it's like the scales fell off my eyes. When I started reading the King James Bible, I started seeing what was going on in the church that I wasn't seeing before. So it is that big of a deal. Well, if faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and that's how we build our faith, then the word of God must be pretty important, right? Yeah. And it's pretty important what word of God you're reading, right? Well, yeah. What if you're reading a corrupt, perverted word of God? Well, it's going to affect your faith, right? Yeah, it's also going to affect your discernment and everything else. Your understanding, your wisdom, everything else is going to be affected in a negative way. So, if we go further, uh, this annual event that we just talked about here with this um, Global Day of Prayer. Now, notice, this Global Day of Prayer, the UN has their own Global Invocation Day. Rick Warren is working for the same guys that the UN is working for. Look at my teaching I did on the United Nations, Lucius Trust, L-U-C-I-S. And again, if you hear me say any of these things, just go into the keyword box on my homepage and just key in one word, like Lucius or Trust or Global Prayer. I've got like 160 sermons, so it won't give you that many matches. It's only going to give a match on the keyword. And, and, and listen to that one. It's really the same agenda. It's just that this Rick Warren's trying to come at it from a Christianized way. The Global Invocation Day of Prayer with the UN and Lucius Trust is coming at it with more of a really more honestly from the Antichrist New World Order New Age agenda but guaranteed they're working for the same people see that's what people have to understand when you have corporations like this Satan has prepositioned his people at the top of these almost every denomination worldwide including the supposed Christian ones he's prepositioned his people 
in order to do the most damage he can to the body of Christ and to deceive humanity. That's why we do what we do as a home Bible study. We're not under any of that. I don't have no corporate mantle. I don't want any of it. I don't want any of it. Well, then you don't have the prestige. I don't want the prestige. I don't. I don't want that. I, I, you know, if that's what you're after, <laughs> your heart's not in the right place at all. It's not something you should strive for. So if we go further, this annual event is designed to promote Dominion's agenda worldwide. Corporate marketplace ministry expansion is being done with claims of sustainable development, and we already talked about that, free trade, and other community development activities that could screen the Dominion's agenda. Again, where is this in the New Testament where we're supposed to go do all this? <gasps> Doug, I think we need to build some type of corporate business model. I need to start being referred to as Chief Potentate or Chief Monsignor or something. I need to have some title. It's crazy. Where does it end? An influential marketplace mission organized is... is called Transform World, which is one of the most patent examples of dominionism. Mission groups are taking up the quest for corporate expansion and financial gain by linking with business corporations. Mission groups are doing this. This is, this is unbelievable. Why? For financial gain, they're admitting it. By linking with business corporations who are taking up the mission to expand their markets in the name of kingdom building. Is this... I mean, does this churn your stomach? This is unbelievable. Meanwhile, C. Peter Wagner has cooked up a new definition of ecclesia, or the church, to fuse the church with the corporate workplace. This is a very highly referenced article I'm referencing from here. Um... Now let's talk about marketplace dominionism. This is a uh, from a business interview with Ed Silvoso of Harvest Evangelism. In this interview, it said, "What is required is a change of heart. The heart of the nation is the marketplace. The combination of business, education, and government in three are the three arteries in which all life flows." in which its life flows. If we take God's power and presence to the marketplace, we will see the nations changed. <laughs> to change... Go ahead. And then this, this quote goes on to say, To change a man, you must first change his heart. This approach, of course, is typical of missionary organizations. Silvicio's idea, though, is far more radical. Cities can be changed in nature. Countries can be redeemed. Whole countries. Entire cultures can be brought to salvation. Even though, again, we've clearly pointed out that that's totally unbiblical. And God said the exact opposite was going to be the case in the end times. You just got to choose whom this day you're going to serve. Are you going to believe the word of God? Or are you going to believe what some man's telling you? Where the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Like making flesh your strong arm. You're leaning on the arm of flesh. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. And then the logical ending conclusion of that is your heart is going to depart from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 is where it says that. So, 
you know. Uh, then he goes on to say, the land itself, in fact, can be healed through this model, Doug, of this corporate dominionism, marketplace model. And such a miraculous change is brought about through one primary avenue, God working through the marketplace. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I can't help but laugh at some of this stuff. It's just so unbelievably unbiblical. How could anybody take this seriously? Well, that's what happens when you throw your Bible, when you leave your Bible, you know, when you don't care about what it says. Essentially. And then it goes on to say the primary means to true revival, though, takes place first in the marketplace. Let me repeat that again. Now this is a this is this is a this is this Ed Salvazio of Harvest Evangelism. He's being interviewed in I don't know if it's a magazine called Business Reform, which you know I, I can understand they want to interview me next week actually, Business Reform. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to interview me. They're probably not going to like what I said. I'm just kidding, teasing. But can you imagine as a Christian being interviewed by business reform? So he says the primary means to true revival, though, takes place first. Okay, sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulty here. So, that was uh, a real whopper that he just said. Now, here's another quote from John Cragen on Kingdom... On kingdom business, transforming missions through entrepreneurial strategies. This quote says, To achieve its purpose, the business mission company must develop and invest in great commission efforts that are synergistic with and leveraged by the company's presence in strategically selected markets. I'm sorry, I can't hardly get through this. This is so unbelievable. It must set standards for evangelism and discipleship. How would they? How dare them even m- mention standards for evangelism and discipleship? And then it goes on to say, measure results and evaluate results per dollar invested for every sphere of influence identified in the market analysis. This, I mean, doesn't this sound biblical? I mean, you, you can just see how this is just right down the line biblically. And then it goes on to say, company spheres of influence. And spheres of influence of each team member are specific mar- market segments targeted for impact. I can't remember all the time I laughed this hard. This is unbelievable. Then it says, any parts of the company that do not produce to standards are pruned. So in other words, you're going to get the axe if if you're not bringing in the money for this particular (laughs) marketplace dominionist uh, whatever sect that you're in. You're going to be pruned. In other words, you're going to get the axe. Okay, so you better keep it up. You better statistically come on board if you're going to be, you know, in this particular model. And if you're not producing, you're going to be pruned. And then it said, an axe is laid to the root of those that do not produce at all. Whoa! That implies they're probably going to lose their salvation if they're not, if they're not doing it good enough. That was a quote again from John Craig on Kingdom Business, Transforming Missions Through Entrepreneurial Strategies. Is this some of the most unbelievable drivel you've ever heard? 
Now, here's another part. Militant rhetoric. There is a notable increase in the stridency and urgency of strategic level prayer warrior rhetoric which is linked to global transformation dominionism. Okay, so this is another quote I just had read. There's a notable increase in the stridency and urgency of strategic level prayer warfare rhetoric, which is linked to global transformation dominionism. Again, this is the same thing that we talked about in the in that one that one on the United Nations prayer room in the Lucius Trust teaching that we did. But they're using the great invocation. They're using the United Nations Global Meditation Prayer Room, where they're meditating on that black 13,000 pound lodestone in the United Nations. But see, they're just doing it from a supposed Christianized stance. But you know what? Both the prayers are an abomination to God. What they're doing is they're invoking this to happen. Really what they're doing is they're right on board with Satan. This is just like witchcraft as far as I'm concerned is what we're dealing with here. False prophets regularly pump out new prophecies and decrees to show up the kingdom mandate. Oh yeah, they do. Exactly. And these decrees are unbiblical. But see, the people have thrown their Bibles out. They don't care what they say. They've got a perverted Bible anyway. And they've just chosen to follow man. Well, what is that? That's a cult. You've just chosen to follow man and trust in man. To whom... A man is overcome, or a woman, the same he has brought into bondage. They've heaped to themselves teachers having itching ears that have spoken lies and hypocrisy. These same men and women have their consciences sealed with a hot iron, and if you put yourself under them, you're, you're being overcome by them. And don't think if you don't have TBN on or Sky Angel on 24-7, you're not going to be overcome by them. Because you will be. As a man thinketh, so is he, right? That's what the Bible says. A man, well, how can you not think about this stuff if it's on the, if it's on the uh, television 24-7? And you think that keeps all the demonic uh, entities and fallen angels out of your house. When in actuality, it's actually attracting them. This is just amazing. So, false... Prophets regularly pump out new prophecies and decrees to shore up the kingdom mandate. These prophecies function like oracles. Like the oracle at Delphi? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they are major they are the major avenue for communicating God's plan, God's new plan. Remember, this is new wine. Gotta get rid of the old wines because we need new wine. We need the fresh anointing. The, the third wave, Lisa, as you like to refer to it as. Just kidding, teasing. But, yeah, they are the major avenue for communicating God's plan for the next step in kingdom building. False apostles have been anointed, appointed as leaders of regions around the globe, and charged with wielding the king's authority. The doctrines of the New Apostolic Reformation have been promulgated through mission movement by C. Peter Wagner, Cindy Jacobs, Chuck Pierce, Bill Hammond, and a group known as the Kansas City Prophets, of which Todd Bentley was mentored out of. Todd Bentley, the guy in Lakeland? Yeah. And the Vineyard Fellowship movement with all their fun music. Ungodly. Uh, and then it says that the highest echelons... Ec 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 Echelons. Echelons. These organizations all have interlocking board of directors. 
I had a lady email me this week said she liked how I, how I messed up on words. She thought it was cute. <laughs> then I have many more that don't like it. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. A guy emailed me this week and said, I have been saying supposedly. So I need to say supposedly. So I'm going to try to be more precise with my verbal linguistics. What do you think of that phrase? Uh-huh. That's pretty. Yeah. Golf clap, golf clap. Yeah, definitely golf clap time. So yeah, and then he said the word, I shouldn't try to rhyme the word Vaticanus with Sonaticanus. And he's right. He's right on both accounts. I told him he's right. I admitted it. It's actually Sinaiticus. Is that correct, Doug? Sinaiticus? So it's not Vaticanus in Sinaiticus like I was saying it, which was wrong. I'm sorry. Sorry. I was wrong. It's Vaticanus in Sinaiticus. Okay? So, anyway. <laughs> I wanted to get that off my chest. Oh, man. So, anyway, if we go further... Uh, Two noteworthy internal organs for disseminating false prophecies and new doctrines include the Elijah List and Joel News. Now, the Elijah List is, he's uh, Todd Bentley of Lakeland, of this Lakeland Revival fame. He is part of the Elijah List, he, which spawned itself from the Kansas City Prophets. <clears throat> And the whole IHOP movement. Not International House of Pancakes, but International House of Prayer. Even though they use the exact same logo to be cutesy. Uh, here's a quote from Rick Joyner in his book, Taking the Land. We are coming to times when passive Christianity and passive Christians will cease to exist. Oh, is that the case? Even though Jesus went as a lamb to the slaughter. Huh. Isn't a lamb passive? Yeah, well, yeah. The, the, the apostles kind of did the same thing and most of the martyrs too. But anyway, we are coming to the times when passive Christianity and passive Christians will cease to exist. Now, I do agree that we shouldn't be passive in the sense of, of just laying down and doing nothing and, and not praying and not being salt and light and just giving up and throwing up our arms. And that, that's, So I want to distinguish between the two there. But he's talking about a militant type of Christianity. Where we would actually, you know, go and possess and take dominion, and if necessary, by force. There is a maturity, a discipline, and a, div and a divine militancy coming upon the people of God. <laughs> Those who have succumbed to humanistic and idealistic theologies may have a hard time with this. Oh, so I guess, you know, he just wanted to say that ahead of time. Then he says, but we will understand that God is a military God. The title that he uses ten times more than any other in the scripture is the Lord of hosts and the, or the Lord of armies. There is a martial aspect to his character that we must understand and embrace for the times and the job which is now coming. Yeah, I, you know, again, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. That's what Jesus said. So, but he's saying, no, no, we, we need to get super, super militant here. And again, we've just confirmed all of that with the, with the previous parts of this teaching. And the next part is the new apostles move into governments. 
Apostle Jim Hodges took the stage on Wednesday evening to introduce an exciting new venture for FMCI, which is the Federation of Ministers and Churches International. I'm sure it's a nice, good 501c3 corporation. Which is a permanent presence now in Washington, D.C. It's a permanent presence. The International Leadership Embassy, or ILE, will position FMCI more directly to affect our government, our nation, and world nations by establishing contacts with the government officials. D.C. citizens and international diplomats. The ILE will further facilitate on-site intercession efforts in Washington, D.C., host visiting prayer teams, sponsor kingdom-oriented teaching for government officials, employees, interns, and Christian leaders. See, they believe their leader is George Bush. He's, I mean, if, if you watch these, these uh, that one documentary they had on the... On the uh, Dominionists and the hyper-Pentecostal Dominionists, they had cardboard cut-out pictures of George Bush. They were putting on their altar and they were coming up and bowing down at his feet and praying supposedly for him. Probably a lot were praying to him. Uh, they, they believe that he's their leader, really. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the churches, you, you go in there and, and you know, he can do no wrong. Whoa. We talk, we're really, for the most part, a very, very deceived nation. So, whose kingdom has actually come? There's been significant rise in the cross-pollination. I like that word, cross-pollination. Between evangelical dominionists and the New Age theosophists. Exactly. And this is, again, they're all going to come on board. Eventually, everybody's going to be on the same page when the Antichrist rules. All these denominational walls are going to come down and they're all going to get on the same page under Antichrist. Because he's going to come with all lying signs and wonders. He's going to deceive the world. And these people are already deceived. They've already had their consciences seared with a hot iron. They're going to buy this stuff with line and sinker. Most of them. Since the late 1970s, there's been a closeted fraternization between dominionists and theosophists for the purpose of finding common ground for the future. Closeted fraternization, meaning that they're they're fraternizing with one another. They're they're, but it's behind closed doors. The Dominionists and the Theosophists, the New Age Theosophists. Well, what you mean like H. P. Blavatsky Theosophy? Well, she her, her God was basically Satan or Luciferianism. Well, yeah, it seems like what's what they're saying here. They're trying to find common ground. I mean, hey, why we should try to find common ground with the old Theosophists and the Satanists, right? I mean, shouldn't we? Yeah. Well, no, well, hold on. The Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what righteousness, for what communion hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and Christ with Belial. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and you shall be children unto me, and I shall be your father. That's Second Corinthians 6. Yeah, well, they don't really want to look at those verses. No. Both groups seek to bring in a Christ figure. Oh, now we're really getting down to it, aren't we? We're really getting down to brass tacks here. Both groups seek to bring in a Christ, quote, Christ figure to solve the world's problems. Here we go. Now, please reference my teachings on the one I talked about, the UN and Lord Maitreya. Uh, just put in Maitreya or the Antichrist and these types of things and you'll find it. 
Huh. They're seeking to bring in a Christ to figure out to solve the world's problems. Both groups have granted utopian plans to create peace on earth. See, the dominionists are just going to usher this stuff in. It's not going to be really any tribulation. We're not going to have to go through anything. It's just going to get better and better and better. See how it all fits together? really makes the Bible come alive, I, I think. During the past decade, the two groups began borrowing doctrinal terminologies from one another and working on common theologies. The events of 9-11 gave a new impetus to this effort. Jay Gary, who has been a leader within all three sects of dominionism, has had close ties with the theosophists. <laughs> How much more flagrant can you get? and is adopting new theologies including a hybrid preterism called transmillennialism. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Bob Buford, uh, people email me all the time and they're like, what about this guy? What about this guy? I'm telling you, there are so many apostates and so many false, deceitful workers and ministers. I can't keep up with them all. There is no way I, I would have to have, and I pretty much, you know, in this ministry, I'm, I'm pretty much trying to keep up with it all myself. There's no way I can keep up with it all. There's too many. They're coming out of the woodwork. Jay Gary, who's been a leader within all three sects of dominionism, has close ties with the auspice, and is adopting new theologies, including the including the hybrid of preterism called transmillennialism. Bob Buford of Leadership Network has been working since the mid-1990s to create a youth culture based on emergent theologies called the Emergent Church, a mixture of New Age paganism, Eastern mysticism, and Evangelical dominionism. This is the Emergent Church movement. I put out a lot of emails on that too. So this Emergent Church, and really what the essence of the Emergent Church is, is a mixture of New Age paganism, Eastern mysticism, the contemplative prayer movement that really we got from the Catholics, and Evangelical Dominionism. It all fits together perfectly. And the patriotic Dominionist leaders have long-standing close ties with Reverend Sung Young Moon, who we've also done a teaching on, and how there's all these other guys, Pat Robertson and, and uh, oh my word, so many televangelists are yoked up with this guy of the Moonies, of the Mooney cult, and he's given money into their ministries. And what is he own the Washington Post, I think? He, Washington Times paper. Yeah, Reverend Sung Young Moon, who has his own messianic kingdom kingdom ambitions. I, I believe though his son just took over. I'm pretty sure Sung Young Moon, I, I don't know if he's Pastor Emeritus now or what. <laughs> so, anyway. Now here's a quote. Here's a quote. This is from Maitreya. You know Devil Betraya? He calls himself Maitreya the Christ. Now remember, it says that both groups, these evangelical dominionists and the New Age Theosophists, are trying to find common ground. And both groups are seeking to bring about a Christ figure to solve the world's problems. Well, isn't that what the theme of a lot of the teachings that I've done have been? Well, wouldn't that kind of line up with what the Antichrist is going to come as? It's going to have all the answers, right? Both groups have a grand utopian plan to create peace on earth. Well, that's how the Antichrist is going to come. Here's, here's a quote from, from Devil Betrayer. He says, quote, The crime of separation 
of division, of lawlessness, must go from the world. All that hinders the manifestation of man's divinity. Man's divinity, remember? Remember the first sin in the Garden of Eden? What was the carrot that he gave to Eve? Ye shall be as gods if you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? That was the carrot he, he threw out there to Eve. Ye shall be as gods. Well, what does devil betray us saying? See, the devil doesn't change his ways. He's the same old serpent. What does devil betray us said? He said all this stuff, crime of separation, of division... Oh, see, we're, we're, we're criminals, I guess, Doug, because we're seeking to separate ourselves. We're seeking to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. But he's saying it's a crime, Atreya. Division. And then, he, and then he lumps in their lawlessness. Like, to associate that word with the other two. Whereas Jesus Christ said, Think not that I am come to bring peace on the world, but a sword. And a man's foes will be those of his own household. That's what Jesus Christ said. Then, double Petraeus says, all that hinders the manifestation of man's divinity, man's divinity. Isn't that what the aliens are saying to all the people that are getting abducted? Oh, you're just going to be as gods. you just got to evolve to a higher level. Isn't that the New Age teaching? That all, that all these spirits that are being channeled, oh, you're going to evolve to a higher plane, but you have to, you have to wait for the, um, you, you have to go out of this Piscean age into the age of Aquarius. It's the same thing. All that hinders the manifestation of man's divinity must be driven from our planet. What is that primarily going to be? Born again, Bible-believing Christians. We are hindering their divinity. We are hindering their ascension, Lisa. We're like big monkey wrenches in the scheme of things. That's all we are. We're just bad monkey wrenches. That's how they view us. The New Age, one of the New Age Bibles that um, they, uh, one of the things that they said they were going to insert into the end time Bible, um, Shepherd of Hermes in the Epistle Barnabas, and in that the Christians are referred to as the black stones that have to be removed. All that hinders the manifestation of man's divinity must be driven from our planet. My law will take the place of separation. That's what Maitreya, the false Christ, says. Huh. See how this all ties together? Unbelievable stuff. Now, let's talk about the stewardship of deception. The Transformational Covenant by Lewis Bush is a key document which outlines the new theology of stewardship dominion. Bush has held very influential positions in mission movement as a leader in A.D. 2000, World Inquiry, and the Lusane Committee for World Evangelism. He now serves as the international facilitator of Transform World by linking a reinterpreted Generation 1, or Genesis 1, stewardship of the earth mandate to the reinterpreted Great Commission doctrine, there is a volatile new doctrine of dominionism doctrine rising. This stewardship mandate was actually first proposed as a deceptive strategy in the late 1970s by Jeremy Rifkin in his book The Emerging Order. Rick Warren and others have now picked up the theme. George Otis of the Sentinel Group, which is a spiritual warfare dominionist group, suggests that by taking dominion of the earth, he calls it transformation, paradise can be restored. As in Genesis 1 before the fall. This is an old latter rain cult heresy that presents an alternative es eschatology of dominionism. 
Now, then it's, uh, go ahead. Okay, so continuing on, this kingdom that's being built is not of Jesus Christ, obviously, as we've seen. It's not of the Jesus Christ of the Bible. It is for the Jesus, it is not for the Jesus of the Bible, it has nothing to do with him, but everything it has to do with involves the Antichrist zeitgeist. And that's what's frightening, okay? And zeitgeist means the spirit of the age, I believe, and there's that big movie up there that we've done rebuttals on, the zeitgeist, okay? But it's absolutely appalling and absolutely massive in its build-up right now. At the present time, it is still possible for seekers after truth to access the old-time doctrines and old sermons and books and on the internet. But again, I would even more so get into just the Word of God. You know, not to say that, that you know there's no, nothing good out there that can be read, but when you start following man, problems always develop. The time is nearly come when these traditional gospel doctrines will be declared heretical and a threat to the false kingdom and the kingdom that is being set up. And guaranteed, the first Bible they're going to try to start burning is the King James Bible. So if we go further, it says, Commission is either lower to the status of a co-equal, this great commission, is equal, either, either lowered to the status of a co-equal with the cultural mandate or merged with it. Confusing the Great Commission's real identity. God's mandate for believers in this age is not restoration of the cultural dominion over this earth, but the carrying out of the Great Commission, among other mandates. It's not like it's the only thing, you know, that we do as Christians. I mean, there's holy living, there's prayer, and these, there's other things that are involved with Christian life. Um, the scriptures predict great spiritual and moral decline and not the reverse for the later days and the last times in this dispensation. We've already talked about that. And you can also reference 1 Timothy 4, 1-2, which we've quoted many times in the latter times, some should depart from the faith. And then 2 Timothy 3, um, 1-6, which we've also quoted that one as well. And there's so many, though. There's just volumes of them. The following is from a is from a brochure announcing the 12th Annual Northwest Conference for Christian Reconstruction. Now ask yourself, does, does this not sound like a different gospel? The Christian Reconstruction Movement believes that salvation involves every aspect of man's life and thus also the relationships he sustains to the world around him. The exercise of dominion in accordance with the terms of God's covenant is therefore basic and vital to the Christian faith. The exercise of dominion is essentially vital to salvation. See, this is salvation by works, so don't get that confused. The essence of this, and the essence of almost every single cult worldwide, really boils down to salvation by works. Whether you're a Hindu, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're whatever, there's only two religious systems in the world. There's all the isms, Mormonism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Catholicism, that basically teach that you get saved through your own good works. Okay, whatever that may be. Even Islam believes that blowing up people, you know, having a nail bomb strapped to your back, is a good work for Allah. Okay, that's their definition of a good work. And true Bible-believing Christianity is totally different. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. Now, works will be following. 
faith, you know, in these types of things, you have to have faith to get saved. But faith and works also follow salvation. But we don't do the works in order to get saved. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we are all together as an unclean thing. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Okay? So, again, that, that's a whole other subject. But this is the essence of this particular movement, is that it's a works-based salvation. So if we go further, the King of Theology teaches and underscores the doctrine of the CRM, which is the Christian Reconstruction Movement. CRM holds that man forfeited dominion over the earth at the fall of Adam and Eve. Their fall allowed Satan to gain control of the earth. God, through His Son Jesus, will regain control of the earth with human overcomers and conquerors who will reign and rule with Christ. The chief biblical heir of the kingdom concept pertains to the timing of the appearance of the millennium and the means by which it will be installed. No, I'm good. The CRM preaches the kingdom is now. Now. Okay, now again, there's different variations and flavors of this. So, I'm not going to be dogmatic because this is a very complex subject. I'm trying to, trying hopefully to make simple for you. At the heart of Reconstructionism system is a belief, is a post-millennial view of eschatology. Post-millennialists post believe that Christ will return to earth after, in his second coming after the millennium. Okay, after the millennium. Reconstruction asserts that at creation God issued to Adam a cultural or a dominion mandate to subdue the earth on behalf of God and thereby establish the kingdom of God on earth according to Genesis 1.28. This mandate was an externally binding covenant upon Adam and his descendants. Israel and the Gentiles failed to keep the covenant mandate, just as Adam did. According to Reconstructionists, during his first coming, Jesus established and restored all the Mosaic law. The Bible says that Christ is the end of the law to them that believe. <laughs> but they say the exact opposite. That the Bible also says Christ is a better covenant. And if righteousness cometh by the law, then our faith is dead and in vain. But they say the opposite. Isn't that interesting? Huh. So, they say during His first coming, Jesus established and restored the Mosaic Law to fulfill measure as the rule of life for believers as well as society. The Christian Reconstructionist movement says, when every sphere of society, every nation, and the entire earth have been subjected to the rule of Christ by the end of history, the kingdom of God will have been established fully and finally on earth, and Christ will return in His second coming. Notice that man is making all of this happen. Man is doing this. And when, he, and when man has subjected the whole of earth to the rule of Christ by the end of history, the kingdom of God will then finally be established, and then Christ will return in His second coming on the last day to receive His kingdom. So we've got to do all the work that only Jesus Christ can do, and then Jesus Christ is going to come back. I gotta apologize. Then it goes on to say, God permanently excommunicated the nation of Israel from its covenant position. Now this is another thing that gets the old elitism blood flowing. Oh, Israel, oh no, they're bad. They're, they're all wicked and, and, and you know, all this stuff. 
and God has no more plan for, for Israel at all. None. They're done. He's done with them. Now, again, that totally contradicts the Bible. The 144,000 Jewish male virgins in the Bible, <laughs> how are you going to get around that one? Oh, well, brother, we'll spiritualize it. We'll say that that applies to us now. I'm of the tribe of whatever. You can't do that. You're just playing God with God's Word. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You do not want to mess around with the Word of God. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Doug just brought up a good point that virtually all post-millennialists and amillennialists believe that, and I think preterists probably too, would believe that God's pretty much done with the Jew. They're, they're done, it's, it's over, or Israel I should say more specifically, Israel is probably a better term to use. Uh, and so that kind of goes along with this particular movement when we talk about this. This quote goes on to say, again, God permanently excommunicated the nation of Israel from its covenant position. Israel, as a nation, will never be restored to its former covenant status. Now, they're going to be restored. It's going to be through tribulation, according to the Bible, in Revelation. And we've, we've done whole studies on this where it talks about this. And, and the Bible's very clear on this. But, and again, I don't want to really go down that rabbit trail. It's too complicated just to mention passingly and then just throw out a few scriptures. Uh, but then it goes on to say, God has no special program for Israel in the future. God replaced Israel with a new group, His covenant people. Now this would also be into the realm of British Israeliism. And that stuff, which would also be a dominionist theology. That new group is also the church. So now we're the new Israel. Um, and, you know, again, to totally properly address that, I have to do a whole other study, which I have touched on this in many other places. Uh, but the Bible also talks about boasting not against the wild, uh, uh, against the true vines in Romans, you know, because we are wild olive branches grafted in and we can be taken away too. The blindness of part has happened to the Jew until the fullness of the Gentile come in. These types of things are, are important to uh, bear in mind. God replaced, and it says to say, God replaced Israel with a new group as his covenant people. That new group is the church. Now, the Bible does say that in Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile, bond nor free, male nor female. Okay? So, again, we have to have biblical balance when looking at this particular subject. The problem is, so many people just go in there and they throw the baby out in the bathwater. There's, oh no, he's done with them, that's it, over. But there's a lot of other scriptures then you have to completely ignore regarding Israel in order to do that. Or you can take the opposite extreme position like John Hagee, which says the Jews can do no wrong, whatever they do, no, it doesn't matter if they're wicked, it doesn't matter if, if their upper echelon in their religion society believes the Talmud and the Kabbalah, which is the most wicked thing on earth, and they can do no wrong. And they're basically, they don't have to get saved because they're grandfathered in, because they get a jail-free card pass, because they're, you know, a particular race. That's not biblical either. So then he, that goes on to say, the church is the new spiritual Israel. The church also owns all of God's future promises made to the nation of Israel. Very, very, very dangerous stuff. A lot of leaps of logic have to be made in order to justify this position. And I'm going to go ahead and stop here for this week. Next week we're going to pick up with this particular same study. And we're going to start out uh, by talking about 
the actual players are some of the main players in Christian Reconstructionism. We're going to talk about them and their theology a little bit more in depth next week. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer today. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us, Lord God in heaven. We praise you, Lord God, for all your goodness and mercy, for letting us come together once again to meet this week. I pray, God, that your word would go forth with might and power, Lord God, and that you would use it, and that thy name would be glorified through it, wherever your truth is being preached worldwide, that many would be saved as a result of the efforts of this day. Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. We love you, Lord God. We pray all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.